0: A bit of time has passed now since WrestleMania 39, which were a tremendous couple of wrestling shows with potentially grim consequences that could shape the face of the entire wrestling business as we know it. And WWE may live to regret it all. I'm Andy from What Culture, and here are 10 things WWE wants you to forget about WrestleMania 39. Number 10. Bobby Lashley's Twitter likes. Big Bob got a raw deal at WrestleMania. Pulled from a match with Bray Wyatt due to Bray not being able to perform, he then had a segment with LA Knight scrapped, and was reduced to parading around with his Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal trophy on the night, looking like a bit of a fanny. This would have been a frustrating consolation prize, and it was evident in Lashley's Twitter likes. Going as far as hitting the big red heart button on several tweets supporting him and criticizing WWE, including one directly implicating Triple H. This likely felt cathartic to Lashley, but it wasn't a good look for the company. At the time, WWE was meant to be the happy place in wrestling, the land of bunnies and rainbows where everything was good backstage and nothing was bad. We have since learned following Raw that this isn't necessarily the case. Number 9. Shane McMahon Whether it was a one-off return or the start of a comeback doesn't really matter. Shane McMahon tore his quad and created a WrestleMania moment chaotic and cumbersome in equal measure. Obviously, I hope Shane is doing okay physically because even the weirdo nepo baby of a demented billionaire doesn't deserve that level of scorn, but it was a massive embarrassment and forced Snoop Dogg, a non-wrestler whose last physical act in a wrestling ring was the worst splash of all time, to improvise and try to salvage something with The Miz. Shane tore his quad on a simple leapfrog. It's one of the first things anyone learns in wrestling school and underscores everything that is dangerous about a 50-something-year-old man forced out of retirement into a dumb situation. The whole thing is best forgotten about. Number 8. That Finish It's one thing for WWE to have not put the belt on Sami Zayn if you want to be cynical about it, but Cody was different. He's a fancy-talking, suit-wearing, gregarious, media-friendly figure and apparently exactly what WWE were after once John Cena wound down his schedule years ago. Cody is a megastar, drawing very impressive ratings in the build to WrestleMania, even outdoing Roman at points. So if Cody wasn't the man to beat Roman, and Sami wasn't, who can WWE fans possibly get behind? You'll get the Dreamers online moving the goalposts, trying to convince you that this is Jay Uso's story, but Jey Uso has jobbed out to everyone in the known universe as part of Roman's feuds over the past few years. He might look at Roman on television like he isn't happy about things, but his role here is to refuse to cheat on Roman's behalf and allow the babyface to defrone him. Jay isn't defroning Roman himself, and clearly, WWE hasn't even decided who is yet. Number seven, the other issue with that finish. Roman versus Cody was basically the whole conversation online, eclipsing everything else on the Monday after WrestleMania. But the conversation was about the loss itself, not the type of bad finish, that it truly was. WWE didn't just beat Rhodes, they made him look like it was his own dumb fault. Go back to the penultimate RAW before WrestleMania. In an in-ring segment, Cody noticed Solo Sikoa giving him the side-eye, asked him what he was looking at, and blurted that he just wasn't ready yet. Then on the go-home show, Cody beat Solo, proving his point, but architecting his own downfall. The line motivated Solo's role in the plan. Cody spoke the threat into existence. Not exactly the booking of a clever babyface, and not even effective heat. If you think about it, Solo was pivotal to Rhodes losing in the end making Cody look like a giant dweeb. Number 6, John Cena's phoned-in performance. Beating John Cena is a nice thing to have on your resume, but for Austin Theory, the rub gained from besting a legend on the grandest stage of them all was greatly diminished by Cena's own half-assed performance. This was a nothing match worked at a house show clip. Cena brought none of his broad histrionics and theatrics, only put Theory over via ref bump, didn't even bother tanning, and looked genuinely apathetic. If Cena was that disinterested, Fury should have simply squashed him. Instead, Big Match John's aura completely disappeared over 11 tedious minutes. Number 5. The Cursed Hell in a Cell match Edge vs Finn Balor suffered greatly for the referee stoppage. It was essential, of course, as Balor was administered a numbing agent and had his bloody head stapled shut after Edge accidentally cracked it open with a flying chair, but the moment unfortunately sucked all remaining life out of what was a pretty pedestrian affair. Even without the injury, Edge and Finn struggled to conjure the hatred and intensity of Helena in a Cell's gone by. Proving for like the twentieth time that the stipulation just doesn't work in an era where wrestlers are forced to play it safe. Number four, Triple H's press conference. Like his father-in-law, Triple H proved himself entirely untrustworthy during the post-WrestleMania presser, trumpeting the fake attendance of eighty thousand for each night in a prime vincism. When grilled on Cody's loss, Triple H tried to get ahead of the story and claimed that Cody's journey was still unfinished. It was a defensive performance from Triple H, who really should have been ecstatic, given that, according to him, the show was a home run success. It is implausible to think that WWE actually has its next undisputed Universal Champion in mind. And if it is Cody, they've blown it. They don't want to tell the best story, they want to tell the story that makes the most money over time. Number three, we've been here before. If you want to be pedantic, technically this is something that WWE wants you to forget about Royal Rumble 2015, but these similarities are striking. If there was one incident plunging WWE below wider cable TV viewership, driving hordes of fans away, it was The Rock gingerly raising Roman Reigns' hand in a desperate attempt at getting the failed babyface over. A statistical deep dive by Brandon Fursten of WrestleNomics made a compelling argument that this was the driving factor, the pivotal point for WWE losing so many viewers during this period. That theory could be elaborated on to speculate that Roman winning that Rumble ultimately created the market for AEW. WWE has reversed that trend in recent years, but at Mania, they undid the goodwill. It was time for Cody Rhodes to win, and the fact that he didn't ruined Faith in the process. Number two, a raw deal. The Raw after WrestleMania 39 was a putrid, tedious sludger of a show. Veering between oppressive, Brock Lesnar dismantling Cody Rhodes, and redundant, Seth Rollins just kind of singing with the crowd. It may have been a ratings smash, but Raw was never gonna win back those who'd been ran off from WWE over the past few years. And in fact, it was so dismal that it may end up alienating those who were actually enthusiastic about Triple H's approach in the first place. And of course, now that we know Vince McMahon's involved and backstage morale has taken a tumble and the whole thing was chopped to pieces and put back together again, yeah. This was a disaster, and at number one, how good it really was. So after all of this, here's the thing about Wrestlemania 39. The show was bloody excellent. Night 1 in particular was one of the best events to ever take place under the Wrestlemania banner. Rey versus Dominic was impossibly fun, Kevin and Sammy versus The Usos was an all-timer in terms of drama, and Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair knocked the life out of each other. And even with the dodgy finish on Night 2, Cody versus Roman still kicked all kinds of ass. Gunford, Drew and Sheamus had one of the best intercontinental titles matches I've ever seen, and things like Brock Lesnar versus Amass and Asuka versus Bianca Belair were so much better than their builds. Triple H was all too keen to tell you about how great the show was during his press conference, but Triple H isn't calling the shots anymore. Vince McMahon is. Vince is back in control, and there's no chance in hell that he could ever sanction the idea that his son-in-law did a better job than he could've. And if he could... You wouldn't have rewritten Raw. Anyway guys, that's our list, but what do you think? Let us know down in the comment section below. After that, don't forget to like, share, subscribe and ring the bell for notifications. Then, you can follow us on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE and myself at Andy H. Murray. The H stands for Hollywood. Goodbye.